Hello, people. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I have the great fortune of having Coach Amy on here, too, which is very exciting. So I'm just going to promote her to the panelist. And then Alfaba. Alfaba, I love that you renamed yourself, and that's your name. <laughs> Alfaba, do you want to come on for some coaching? You are the first one in line, my love, and you've got two coaches today, which is super, super cool. Sure. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Good morning. Good morning. I just posted a picture on the common thread because I just killed two mosquitoes in here. And I'm like, do I live in a barn? I have to coach. <laughs> so hopefully there is not a nest. All right. What do you got? All right. So this was a fun one that post-vacation um, brought up. <laughs> and so I call it... Uh, what, what happened is like a series of miscommunications in the OR and a series of complications in the OR. And it was in this pseudo post-vacation. Like I have done a very poor job of taking real vacation. And so if I take time off, it's typically to do what somebody else wants to do. And I never really take a break. Um, and so the thought that came up was like, I need a break. And then it brought on these other thoughts of like shameful thoughts. Um, so that's what the emotion ended up being. Cause it was like, why do you need a break? Um, like how how long is this going to take? <laughs> Don't you need permission for this break? Um, maybe I should ask other people how many breaks they're taking, like needing external validation for a break. So, and it ended up in this like shame cycle. Um, I don't know. <laughs> and, and then, yeah. So then the action was of course, like I wasn't present and then the, the OR spiral just continued and yeah. So what was the, what was the circumstance where your, your thought was I need a break? What was going on? Uh, yeah. So it was, a it was a series of events, but I would say the circumstance was I'm a breast surgeon and a sentinel lymph node didn't get ordered when it should have been ordered. So. Okay lymph node didn't get ordered and then the thought from the lymph node not getting ordered is i need a break i need a break. because i'm not present yeah okay and is it is it any narrower than that i need a break from uh, the or i need a break from my job i need a break from my town is it is it any more specific than that or is it a, is it global i think it's a global break at this point okay. just yeah and then what's the feeling that comes with, I need a break? It's shame. Um, like why? Yeah. Just a lot of shame of why would I need a break? <laughs> mm -hmm. And then what are your actions coming from feeling of shame? Like many of the others, I think I perseverate when I feel shame, just this constant um, beating of self just continuing to be like, you shouldn't need a break. Um, you haven't earned a break. So it's a, a, a self-flagellation. Thing, before I get too in on this model, I kind of want to break it down a little bit more because I kind of see a couple of different models going on. Because okay. I'm wondering if the circumstance is you saying I need a break and you're having thoughts about that. Yeah, I guess I think that I need a break sounds very subjective to me as though. But you said though, it, right? Is that right? I mean, right. You said it in your brain, but you said it. So it's a fact. So maybe somebody else could say, yeah, she told me she thought she needed a break. Because I, I think you're, in order for that feeling and that thought to kind of match, you're beating yourself up about this thought instead of something stemming from that thought. So I wonder if that thought is an RC line. Yeah, that's okay. Let's flip it, let's try. We can always come back to the lymph node <laughs> later. <laughs> so let's try a circumstance of, I thought, I need a break. 
and we'll see where that gets us. So what are you thinking about you thinking you need a break? Why would I ever need a break? <laughs> why, why am I tired? Okay. And do you have an answer to that? <laughs> of course. I mean, eight years of not sleeping and <laughs> I'm a new mom and I didn't take any vacation. Any of the three years I've been in practice and <laughs> just, just all of those things. Yeah. So we have, we have an answer to, I thought I need a break, but what else is coming up with that? Where's the, where's the resistance to like the hug of you need a break? I think I've built my life on being a hard worker and the thought of taking a break seems so counter to being a hard worker. That it, that it feels inauthentic that like, if I take a break, it means I'm not a hard worker. If, yeah. yeah. Um, what, what about the thought on that? I should, I should not need to take a break. Yeah. Is that, is yeah. that maybe, cause that can kind of come in like, here, here's all my reasons should, right? Right. Um, okay. So I shouldn't need to take a break. Right. I shouldn't take a break. And then what feeling comes out of the, I shouldn't need to take a break. Yeah, more like shame, shame and disappointment for even wanting it. Like you're the kid who like is in the cupcake store, right? And then you're like, nope, even though other people are taking breaks, CTFA. What actions are coming from shame? Yeah, not just not taking a break. I mean, I just don't take a break. Not taking it's a break, a, right? Yeah. No break. Anything you are doing? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm just thinking all the time. You're being, are you proving that you don't need a break? Maybe like, overscheduling. Yeah, like maybe overscheduling. Not, but, and maybe not making room for a break. Yeah, yeah. I definitely, um, I'm really good about making other people's dreams come true. <laughs> so. Hope you're making millions off of that. <laughs> I did not. I no room for a break. What else? What else are we doing out of shame? I think I will act out a bit when other people take a break. For example, like my husband. My husband's so good at taking breaks. <laughs> He's so good at it. And are you like, are you like, great for you, honey? Or are you like, are you like judging other people for taking breaks? A hundred percent judging. Judging, okay. I've just officially diagnosed you as a surgeon. <laughs> in case. I'm like, and this is why I don't have friends. In, um, case, in case you're wondering what your profession was, I'm pretty sure you're a female surgeon. Just by, thank you for finding this webinar today. Uh, okay, so your brain says, I think I need a break. And your thought is, I shouldn't take a break. And from that comes shame. And from the shame, there's no break. You don't make room for a break. You kind of over schedule, you find other things to do. And then you judge other people for them taking a break. Anything else in that action line? No. Kind of beating yourself up over the duality in your brain, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, like, for sure. For I should, sure. I shouldn't. Let me, let me see who has the longest column and, and wins. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a chronic problem of I feel like there should be a compassion limit. <laughs> I even told myself I've already given myself the 1% compassion allotted today. 
And so I can't right. give that extra 1% of compassion. 1% compassion given. <laughs> right. Got it. Given. Okay. And the results of all of this added on top of you already needing a break because the lymph node forgot to be ordered is yeah i'm really feeling like you're adding on more reasons that you're kind of stressed out right like can't take a break now right (laughs) gotta go fix these problems right absolutely and it's and it's like more stress because you know up here with the we'll 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 filter the lymph node back in it it was already a, a thing going on where your brain was like ah I think I need a break. And now you've added kind of all of this mental, you know, agony on top of it. So what if we were curious about this? What if we were curious about you wanting to take a break? What would curiosity be like instead of, instead of shame? I think when I think about like why, like why I want to take a break or why I think that thought. I look at it as kind of like a red flag. Like when I'm having more than normal complications or more than normal frustrations, it's like my little minor flag to say, hey, like take a pause or your brain's going to pause for you. Right. So you're going, going, going until something possibly bad happens. Right. And I don't want to keep going and then like have a major event and be like, oh, I should have really, I like, I really should have taken the break when it was cautioning me. Right. Are there reasons to take breaks other than bad outcomes? <laughs> that is a great question. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's completely uncharted territory for me. How's that feel? Really uncomfortable. Why? I think it. I mean, it definitely stems from childhood of, like, there was no downtime. Like, my husband and I talk about this because his family takes naps and my family doesn't. And my family's very much, like, you just don't take a break. Like, you just do everything for everyone all the time. Let's dig it. Let's go a little deeper on breaks. What does taking a break mean? Yeah, I think it means that you're late. Oh God. Like, (laughs) like you're lazy or useless or these are, these are not kind words. Um, (laughs) I think we figured out why you're not taking a break though. (laughs) Just in case your brain's stuck and like, I don't know why. (laughs) Like, Oh, I think we, I think we're, we know definitely why you don't want to take a break. Yeah. We also know why I don't have friends, I think. That'll be it. That'll be the next coaching. What does having friends oh, mean? Okay, so Ooh. let's let's do let's just put in the circumstance a break, and then we'll find we'll do just like a thought download on it. A break. What does a break mean? Yeah, weakness. I think that's definitely the surgeon mantra. Is like a break is weakness. Um, a break is. Yeah, like some inadequacy that like you couldn't handle it. Like you, yeah, oh man, these are terrible. <laughs> we won't judge the stuff. I mean, you can judge the stuff that comes up because it's it's enlightening, right? But it's like, that's what's real for you. And this is what's real for like all surgeons. Right. I, I was literally telling, I, I work with residents and we have this really amazing resident and she's going into CT surgery and... I told her to practice 
letting other people help her. <laughs> I said, because it's really hard for me. And so I said, start with something really small that it's no stakes whatsoever. I said, because invariably when you let somebody help you that first time, something goes wrong. <laughs> And you double down on not letting people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta prove yourself that uh, that was a bad idea. I was like, so make it a low stakes game. Yeah, totally. Let somebody open the door for you. <laughs> okay, what else? What else? Let's add a layer to the break. What is it? What are your thoughts about uh, a woman taking a break? Like it lets the whole team down. Disappointing others. Anything else on taking a break? Yeah, I mean, oh, there's so many layers because I remember thinking this in residency too. The The men would come home and their wives would like have dinner ready and have like done all the things. And it's like, I came home to, <laughs> to what's for dinner, you know, the house isn't clean, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, totally. Oh um, man, I think I think uh, maybe maybe it's uh, what I I'm totally get you. My partner would just was like, I gotta go home right now. I've got fettuccine alfredo on the table. <laughs> like, <laughs> God damn it! Um, maybe the fact that a break's kind of like a unicorn, like it actually doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. Right. A break like, does not that, exist. That's what I'm it's getting a, from that. Is like it actually doesn't exist. Right. For sure. Yeah. It's imaginary. And, it's for uh, other people. It's for other people. Yeah. Yeah. The, the weak people. The weak people. Right. Yeah. Uh, weak people have these. Ooh. I just see, like, that just triggered, like, the four seasons in Hawaii, like, marketing to, like, the weak people. <laughs> <laughs> Come to this amazing five-star resort. This is where all the weak people hang out. <laughs> <laughs> or you can, oh, I think that's the other thing is that you can do it, but it's only for a week. Right. But like the other 51 weeks, you can go full force and you can take that Hawaii vacation that one week of your life. <laughs> yeah. Like it like a break's almost like all or nothing. Like you can't yep. take like two hours on a Thursday. Right. It's all or nothing. Okay. Well, I think we figured out where the, the beating yourself up in shame came from for having that thought. For sure. And I would just, you know, work with, and we'll have Amy and Jess on here give their opinion, but working on like, this is where breaks are for me right now. Like, of course I can't take one. Right. And then maybe perhaps just being curious about how a break could be beneficial to you. Because that, you might need to see the, the good thing instead of the break. Oh, the other thing on here that may come up is a break is punishment for a bad outcome. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about it that way. That like I only take a break because of something horrible. Yeah. 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 Comes after something horrible. It comes after a bad outcome. And I think, you know, the, going back to the the whole thing of coaching is to just help us see our mind, right? And it's like, it's not the break that's bad. It's not the, the four seasons on the beach or the massage or just taking a walk around a lake. Like whatever a break is to people, reading a, a fiction book, right? Uh, reading something that's not like a surgery journal, <laughs> if, <laughs> if you like to read. But like whatever a break is, it's not the break that's bad. It's what we make the break mean. Yeah. As to be like, why I think other people shouldn't take it or only they can take it or, or all of that stuff. So in the interest of time, I want Amy and Jess's opinion, and then we'll bring on some, some more coaches or coaching. because we've got quite a bunch of people today. Is that cool, Elfaba? Yeah, that's great. Okay. Let's see what Amy and Jess have to say about that. Hey, it's Amy. Good morning. Hey, I can see why she's stuck because it looks like her two choices are I could I could keep working and suck at it or I could take a break, which I don't know how to do. It's for lazy people. <laughs> <laughs> I 
you know, it's, it's interesting because we see this a lot. Um, we coach a lot of people who do take a break and then feel like they're doing it wrong because some of the things that, that also came out um, in your, you know, thought down mode is I don't have any friends and I, I wouldn't know what to do because my husband does it right. My husband does breaks right, which kind of employs that I don't know how to do it right. Um, and then I think the one thing I would do is before you take a break is decide ahead of time what you want to accomplish from that break. And I think all the work that Kelly did, which was of course awesome is, you know, thinking of getting straight in your mind what a break is, but then also like how you want to feel about it and what do you want to do? Um, which, you know, just deciding ahead of time, you don't want to do nothing and, and consider that a success. And so I think deciding ahead of time, what you would consider a success is important because otherwise, just like Kelly pointed out, I mean, you're like, well, I have to do a break because otherwise I'll just keep screwing up at work. Um, but that was pretty much the two things that, that popped out to me was the, the choice that you're giving, which are both terrible choice, you know, outcomes, which means that you can't win either way. And the second was just exploring, again, what she was talking about with the break um, and deciding ahead of time how you're going to do that before just taking a break and then saying, what the hell did I do that for? Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And I, the other thing that came up for me is like the bridge thought of st instead of like, I'm taking a break of I'm a person who's learning how to take a break. So it's almost like an active project of like, I'm discovering this new like fictionary world that I like to become reality because just me being like, okay, I'm on a break might be too much of like, I'm learning what this is all about. I'm going to try this. I might try that to make it a little bit more curious and open from like a beginner mindset. Oh yeah. That, that was another thought that I was thinking of too. Exactly what Kelly said is that, you know, just adding, I wouldn't know what to do on a break yet. Um, gives us a lot more self-compassion and grace. Beautiful. Jess, you got any thoughts? Sure. Um, good morning. Good morning. Alphaba is like the best name of all times. I love it so, so much. Um, so Kelly, that was some great coaching and I really appreciate what you offered there. Um, it's no wonder that Alphaba has this belief system around breaks because it's just something that was learned, right? It's like nothing inherently wrong with Alphaba. Alphaba is perfect as she is. Um, so it's just, it's just a set of beliefs that were learned. And just like anything can be learned or unlearned, we can just decide what we'd rather learn instead. So I really, really like how you said, yeah, I'm just learning how to incorporate this into my life. And nobody has to like, like the reason, only you do. And you don't have to justify it or ask permission, even though we always want to. It's, it's not required to just want to learn a new skill. Um, the other thing about breaks are, is there, um, I just like to offer a, an alternative way to think about it. And that is breaks are actually necessary. Um, that's my thought. Breaks are necessary because we are stuck in chronic stress, which is hard on our bodies. It's, it's like stress hormones are going at all times. When you're stuck in chronic stress, you have your lower parts of your brain, the older, the older uh, like more, well, more well-worn neural pathways are the things that are like firing on a default system. And while it's really cute for us to say, I'm going to go to this intentional model and be like, you know, super intentional about taking a break. When you're in chronic stress, that, that is not available. Your brain, it's, it's like shut off from the cortex. So actually taking a break, like as an A, an action line can help you get your nervous system into a better position to be able to think intentionally about what a break means and blah, blah, blah. Like it can actually be something in the A line that is like a prescription you give yourself to get your, to get your body to calm down to the point where your brain's like, okay, I'm safe now. I can now think intentionally about this thing. And so if your break is related to you making a mistake, or I didn't hear the first part of it, I heard something about a lymph node or something. So if you tie breaks in like to like some negative outcome, then you're probably having stress around it, in which case it's gonna be hard to think about it intentionally until you're out of your stress response. So just a little something to consider there. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, let me find the next person who wants to come on. 
Thank you guys. Absolutely. We'll see if anybody wants to raise their hand for coming on next. I'll see who to pick. Can I talk while people are waiting? Yeah. <laughs> so I watched this really cool YouTube video um, a, a week or so ago where it's this Aer Lingus flight crew for a big big ass plane and they are taken off out of san francisco and they go through their entire pre-flight pre briefing it's the whole thing's like 31 minutes long and um i just find it super fascinating all the parallels between the airline industry and surgery especially the safety stuff they have in place that is like a far far ahead far ahead of what we have um and my husband's a pilot by trade, so he thinks like he like rolls his eyes at me when I make these comparisons because he's like, yeah, well, like, duh, why wouldn't you do that? Um, because there's this one on the video, there's this female co-pilot who's actually flying the plane for that, for that uh, flight. And she's got these three male counterparts and it's like interesting how they talk over her and stuff like that. But what, but what I wanted to say was that they actually intentionally look for fatigue. They ask each other if they're fatigued, let's, let's stay like, let's have each other's backs here. Sort of, sort of thing. It's like on their mind. And I find that interesting that it's part of their culture to actually watch out for each other's fatigue. Whereas it's part of our culture to shame people if they have fatigue. I saw just something on that. I saw a post where somebody was saying like, yeah, you know how they compare surgeons to airline pilots and like they do safety checks and don't fly the plane if they don't have the equipment. And then I was trying to do this case and they didn't have the equipment. And I'm like, we're quite different because we keep this, the, and that's operating on a human, right? Like they didn't have the equipment and the surgeon had to figure it out. And it's like, eh. I, it was just striking. Cause like, yeah, you wouldn't fly the plane, but we still, exactly. on, we still operate on the human. And think how many times you've been sitting in the airport with a delay and you're so pissed because there's a delay, but they don't fly the plane. It does not go like nobody goes unless all of the check marks are checked. And I feel like we are under all this pressure to just get the damn dot the get the damn job done, no matter what, even if we have to like try to get something done without the right equipment or whatever. And it's all thoughts, right? It's all stuff we all made up and all agreed on and keep agreeing on day after day after day. Mm -hmm. uh, Kelly had a point. Um, Jess, that was really fantastic, of course, because we really just don't think about all the processes that led us to our points. Um, someone in the chat had asked about, like, I don't, I don't know um, anything to have that any coaching on. I just want to kind of point out that you don't actually have to kind of come with a scenario or a thought or anything like that. You just say, like, I've had a really bad week and I just don't know why, or I'm feeling really anxious and I don't understand it. I'm feeling, you know, dread. And you can actually just come with like an emotion or an action or a result. Like, you know, anything that, like any line in the model you could start from and just say, I, I don't really understand where, you know, and I mean, clearly you came to, to room one coaching for a reason. So another thing is like, why did you come to room one coaching? Why have you decided to spend your hard-earned money to kind of get coaching. Um, there is some thought in your mind or some action or emotion or some outcome that's you may not have touched on. You don't have to. That's what the whole point is, is really just to understand what we're thinking, why we're getting the results we want. And, you know, you don't have to know how to do it yet. You can just say like, hey, I need help, but I'm not sure why. And you, we can actually ask these questions to get you to where you're at. You don't have to actually have an idea yet. Yeah, I actually got coached yesterday and didn't have anything going into it. And then ended up getting coached on um, mom guilt again, which I thought I had totally taken care of, but I hadn't. <laughs> I'd like to like think that I can just get coached once on one thing and then be good. And it doesn't actually work that way, unfortunately. Um, so I just put up Morningstar. Morningstar, do you want to uh, ask any questions or get anything to be coached on? Um, is it working? Yes. It's working. Okay. Um, uh, well, 
I was trying to think <laughs> of, so, but yes, I've also had a difficult week, um, you know, operating till 10, um, two nights and, and then staying all night, one night in the hospital. So I, I, but one thing that I'm kind of been thinking a lot about, we're in an area that's, you know, really like actually, um, our area just got a mask mandate again, that's starting on Monday. So even though I'm a surgeon, you know, we are, I've been, um, like, I was super excited to get vaccinated, um, back in December. Um, obviously had some hesitation like we all did, but then I was like, screw it. I'm doing it, you know, and did it. Okay. And I've, you know, now our testing regimen is we don't test if you've been vaccinated. Um, and so I kind of use that as an entry line, like, hey, did you get vaccinated for COVID? And people, you know, they're, oh, yes, I did. Or they're like, nope, I'm not doing it. And I've felt compelled to try to talk to them about that and like, hey, here's my experience. And, you know, Delta variant's really bad. And you see what's happening. And in the south of our state, it's, it's coming here, and and this is you've got this opportunity to get vaccinated, and I guess I'm kind of looking at it as man, I'm <laughs> is this really my thing that I have to be talking about? I mean, yes, I'm a surgeon, but I'm a I'm a physician first, and that's why I feel like I need to be talking about it. And it, but it it takes time, and it really you know people get pretty angry about it. So there's, there's my little thought download. Yeah, that's, that's a big, and uh, I think totally pertinent for what's going on in the world right now. So, so what are your thoughts? You're kind of, what I'm hearing is you're kind of having like this duality, like I should, and I shouldn't, and you're kind of, kind of well, having yeah. both of those thoughts. Probably it'd be easier if I just was like, okay, well, you're just took the answer and then did what we needed to do. But I just, I feel compelled that kind of like when I get this great new mascara and I got to tell my friends about it. <laughs> but, you know, that, that seems so simplified. But I, I feel like this is like, it's really important now because we have the opportunity to do something about it. Totally. And, and do you, is there is there a problem with you kind of, you know, being like, eh, 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 is, is this creating a problem for you? Or is it more just like, you're kind of just aware that, that you're having the duality? Well, I'm sure somebody's going to eventually write, I came to talk to her about my gallbladder. I didn't want to talk about getting vaccinated and put it on my um, evaluations. And, you know, that's of course part of our salary and I think that's huge. I think huge and a common theme, no matter what the topic is, is what might people say in the future? I think, right. I think, I think that's a very common thing for just, just any, any human, let alone any female human, let alone any female human whose salary depends upon people liking them, which I could do an entire podcast about, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, the, the thought of big brothers kind of always watching and the, even if I thought this went well, might it might not go well and I might get, you know, written up for it or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to do a model on that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the circumstance is talking about pros and cons of COVID vaccine or? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Talking about vaccine. And the thought of that is somebody might not like it. Yeah. And is, is this weird that I'm talking to somebody about this because I'm a surgeon and I'm going to operate. <laughs> okay. Um, is it weird? Can you answer that question? Well, I don't think it's weird because our first responsibility is, you know, public health and and there is a pandemic going on, so it's kind of a hot topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. It's not like you're like, let me talk to you about toenail fungus today. I know you're here for your gallbladder. Right. Talk about other weird stuff. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. So it's, you know, I just would answer your question on that just because they, they recommend don't put in questions in the, in the okay. thought line. Okay. It's like, no, it's not weird to talk about the vaccine. You're talking about it because like it's in the news. It's in your hospital. It's everywhere. Yeah. So it's, it's not and, weird. And we have to test for it if they're not. So that's kind of the entryway. So you kind of need to know some information. Yeah. About it. Right. Okay. Right. So what's the, the thought about they might judge me for asking or they might not like that I'm asking? Yes, yes. Okay. Is there any, uh, any thought more true for you? Um, my biggest concern is angry for asking. The patient getting angry. Okay. I haven't had anybody it, say, what? not that I know of, but I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah. And is it more they're going to get angry at me or they're going to get angry in the future? Um, is it, is it, it might, maybe it's not that specific. Yeah. They, I mean, they might get angry with me right there in the exam room. Okay. Um, but they also might get their survey tomorrow. Can't they put those surveys on hold during pandemics? Asking, <laughs> asking for a friend. Yes. Okay. Right. <laughs> It's a pandemic. We don't have time to do surveys. Um, okay, so we're talking. You're talking about vaccines, and a patient might get angry about the yes. fact that you're asking questions and giving and sharing your experience. And the the thought that the patient might get angry. How does that make you feel? Um. Well, a lot of the feeling I feel is like this, just exhaustion. Like, gosh, that you know that that added like probably seven minutes to the visit and then I still don't know that I had any positive outcome, but I know a lot of what we do is just laying the, you know, laying something down so that after a while, and, and I have patients do that, they'll come back and they'll be like, so many doctors have talked to me about doing this and finally they, finally it kind of sunk in and I'm, I'm gonna do whatever it is. So right, right. I, I guess, my feeling is, um, well, probably concern is the feeling. Concern. And is, the, is concern coming from the thought that the patient might get angry? Or is it a different thought that's bringing concern? Um, yeah, it's probably that the patient will get angry. I'm okay. concerned about that. So you're concerned about this. Okay. And then what are you doing when you're concerned about the patient maybe getting angry? Um, well, one, one of the actions is that I get a little more behind. Um, okay. So you're like doing stuff to make sure they don't get angry. Yes. Like yeah. it takes more time to like make sure everybody else is okay. Right. Am I yeah. getting that right? Okay. Yeah, trying to um, smooth things over. Trying to like over deliver? Yeah, probably okay. so. What else? Maybe like maybe like doubting how it went or like replaying yes. things. Yes, definitely doubting. <clears throat> replaying. Spending time like outside of that interaction, figuring out how to make the interactions all perfect. Yes, yes. Maybe. Okay. What else do we do when we're concerned about patients getting angry? Can't see my result line. There we go. Well, it's. Um... We can't, I mean, like if I'm concerned, like, especially if they talk, they do express anger with me, then I kind of pull back and I'm not, I don't pre, I don't present how I like to present, which is like, um, enthusiastic and, and excited to be able to help them. Mm -hmm. So like withdrawing yes. and doubting yourself. Okay. And then I think the results of, you know, over delivering or like being very gentle and careful with them more than you need to, uh, doubt 
I guess, you know, trying to control the patient in one way, right? Of like, I don't want you to, I can't handle you being angry. So I need to make sure it goes this way. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so I think the result of all of that is you just, you're not showing up as you. Yeah. Would be one result. And that's, that's exhausting. I mean, for, for everybody in the grandstands, like showing up, not as yourself is exhausting. Right. Not yourself. You aren't yourself. Um, so what if the patient gets angry? Just in general, like they're an adult, they have their own opinions and uncles telling them what they should do about vaccines. They don't know that you're actually an expert in this. They just think you're another person who is paid to like, tell them something. Yeah. Like, you know, they're, they've got their own world. Right. And the question is, you know, is that worth losing your authenticity for or, or giving your energy to it, knowing that I can't actually control other adults. Right. Definitely not. What if we thought like 10% of people are going to get angry? What if that was just like, the, they were like fact sheet of the day, 10% of people are going to get angry no matter what you do today. What would yeah. you do? What would you do with that information? Well, I'd probably be like, okay, well, that was that one. <laughs> right? Just, like, it's almost more liberating to be like, yeah. I get to save my, I've got all, the, all this other job and like life to do. They're going to be angry no matter what. Yes. That's it's almost, it's, you don't have to like grind against the reality of like, there are some people who really aren't going to like what you have to say. No yes. Matter, no matter how much powdered sugar you put on it. Right. So, I, I mean, I think one of your questions was, you know, is it, is this worth it? Right. And sometimes yes. it's more like, is it worth going down here? Is it worth you being doing, being not you, right? Cause you're doing right. all of this stuff to try to control the response of these people. Right. That's the, is it worth it? <laughs> right. The vaccines are just the vaccine. There's just some facts about it. There's yeah. some best practices and there's some people that are going to get angry. Yeah. What does that bring up for you? Hmm. Well, that, that would be somewhat liberating if, if I just say it's, I just have to think about how, how I'm going to address it and not go down that. <laughs> Be like, well, here's a handout. Here's, I don't know. But just again, how, how you are going to address it is still kind of the idea that I can control what their response is going to be. Okay. We, I mean, we can, we can certainly smiling helps in interactions better than not smiling. Like I don't ever want to make it like, so like you can't control anything. Right. But, but truthfully, at the end of the day, they could be like, I am an, I have an anti-vax tattoo. Like you, <laughs> you literally can't deal with me. Right. Like, you know, and then you're like, I, I did all of this for like, I can't. Eh. Right. And then, you know, the, the, the question is, is it worth, is it worth this, your energy? Cause your energy is limited, right? Exactly. Is it worth this or is it worth my, my view is that I, I need to let people know that the vaccine's important. Like that's my view. Uh -huh. It's that's worth cause I'm being authentic to me and my, as a physician. Right. And so I think, you know, going down to like, what's your reason why, right? If your reason is to convert a hundred percent of people and not have anybody be angry, that's going to be exhausting. Yes. But if your why is like my integrity as a physician is to share the news about the vaccine and I know I can't control other people, but that I feel so grounded in that. It's a different why for the same action of, yes. hey, let me tell you about the vaccine. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, there's like, like fight, figure out your reason why and like your why. And if you don't yes. like your why, then be like, eh, let me, let me check myself.
I like it. Let's see what Amy and Jess have to say. I think this is a really important discussion for us to have as surgeons because while we're not necessarily primary care providers, every interface we have with humans is an opportunity to kind of treat another human as a whole person and also to scan for, I don't know, red flags. So as a pediatric orthopedic surgeon, I'm always scanning for things that are primary care issues like nutrition, abuse, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But the way this is relevant with the pandemic and with surgery in particular is that COVID infection, however mild, really increases your risks of having an, a general anesthetic. So any, and this is just my opinion, any discussion we have that's related to COVID infection, current, present, future, past COVID infection and COVID vaccination is actually relevant to a risk benefit alternative discussion that we would have as a responsibility to the patient. Mm. And so I like the direction that this coaching went to like, how do you show up as the truest version of yourself as a healthcare provider or surgeon for other people? And if, if the truest version of yourself is the person who's going to really have a thorough risk benefit alternative discussion with somebody, just as you would as if, you know, they say they were, they had uh, morbid obesity, like that's going to impact their surgical risk or if they have diabetes, that's gonna impact their surgical risk. Um, so I kind of view this like less as like, this is, uh, you know, like my responsibility for like as an activist, you know, cause that's kind of how it sort of started off. It sounded like you were describing it as because you're a healthcare, cause you're a doctor in this, these times, it's like our responsibility to educate people on the benefits and the risks of the vaccine and whatever else. But what if it's like even more tied to risks associated with having a general anesthetic. I don't know. It's just my thoughts, an alternative way to think about it. But either way, I think this model, the most important thing is, is when we are worried about what other people think of us, like that's the ultimate, like kind of underlying belief that needs the work. But more superficially, I think that that's actually really relevant to what we do as surgeons. What do you think, Amy? Yeah, no, I absolutely took that to like a much higher level. And, it, and I was just thinking it parallels so many things, you know, being a doctor, being a coach, being a parent, like we know, like we have messages that are sometimes hard to, to convey, but I thought that Kelly did a fantastic job. And this is such a fantastic scenario of really, you know, identifying the core of how we interact with the world, which is, you know, do we take feedback and get better or do we tailor to the haters? You know, because the more successful you are, the more um, important your job is, the more you have to offer, you're going to get more haters. And then you have to, have to decide, like, you know, how you're going to address that. And I really love the, the thoughts that came up, these really empowering thoughts um, that, that move us forward, which is, I'm the expert. This is my why. My message is clear and it's worth it. And in that case, then you can convey your me message clearly, concisely, and you can listen to feedback and tailor it. But when you really embody this, I'm the expert, I'm doing this for a reason, and it's worth it to me, you know, it's worth it to me to deliver this message, then you're not tied to the outcome, and you don't change what you do based on the outcome. And that's, you know, it's really hard. Um, as a doctor, it's interesting, because I just got coached on coaching, which, you know, we went back to being a doctor, too. It's like, do we tie our ability as a, a physician, a surgeon, a doctor, whatever, um, to the patient's outcome. And a lot of times we do, but uh, if we give our advice and we tell them what to do and they don't do it, they can do whatever they want. And they really can, but it, it doesn't have to mean anything about us. Now we could take the feedback and try to get better, um, but we don't have to necessarily change who we are and change our identity and change the message um, if one person doesn't do it. And the other thing that popped up to me is like, how we respond to bad patient reviews. You know, we, we go to that one. We don't necessarily look at all the good things we're doing. Look at, oh, look at that hater. I need to do all these things that they're saying, even though we're never going to make them happy. You know, they may never come back to us. They may always think that we're terrible and that's okay. People can do that. It's just hard to accept that part. 
I think the more I think the more you put that in the open and the more we I think we I think that's an important role that we do is like the more people hear it's okay it's okay you're enough like it's okay of course 100% of people aren't gonna like you like we don't that's like new things to hear and it's I think very empowering and very loving and it kind of just like makes the shame get a little less thick shout it from the rooftops I just uh, heard some coaching from uh, Sunny this morning. It was a, a replay. Uh, Sunny Smith is the Empowering Women's Physicians. Uh, she's basically the coach of coaches. Uh, and it was interesting because she was talking about how she got this like big grant for helping with physician compassion. She's like, and I still got haters. Who can hate on compassion? <laughs> it's a, you know, so you're going to get it. The more expert you are, I think the more you're going to get that. Beautiful. All right, Morningstar, I'm gonna put you back. I have one other surgeon. I'm gonna see if she wants to come on to wrap up the hour. Okay, noonday sun. Hi. Uh, hi. We've got 10 minutes. Is there anything you want to chat about or any thoughts or any questions? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit related to what you guys were just talking about. When, when, that, um, when Morningstar was talking for me, what came up is that I'm always trying to be perfect and how deep that perfectionism runs and that that's like what I need to do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because um, it is about people liking me, but also about being perfect. Yeah. So. Totally. Huge one. We could just like talk about that for a whole year. Um, right. <laughs> do you yeah. have a, do you have a specific circumstance that came up like this week about it? Um, I just, um, yeah, sort of. I mean, I realized how deep it runs, not only at work, but just like with everything I do in my life that sometimes I think that, um, so I've been reading the money book cause that's what we're doing for, for, um, uh, book club and I brought up a thing on a different coaching session and really what it came down to is I felt like I didn't make a, a right or a perfect um, decision the first time you know and it can apply to so many things um, that it wasn't really about the money it was actually about my perfectionism <laughs> uh, I, so a thought would be I'm not perfect is that kind of a, a general theme yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a big theme in my life that I'm realizing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that I'm now I have awareness of, but how much it creeps in still all the time. Totally. Circumstance could be life. Yeah. Money, <laughs> doctoring, being a human. Right. We could be like wonderfully generic in the instant, in the, just because we don't have time. We'll say life. So now you have this awareness of this thought and, and you're, you're realizing like, maybe this thought was already always there, but now I, now it's coming up as like, I'm aware of it. Right. That, okay. That's what's coming up for you. And now that you're seeing this thought come up in life or the circumstance of life, right? How does that make you feel? Um, it's, it's nice to put like thoughts and words to it, but it also makes me feel overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go with overwhelm. Okay. And like in, in all fairness, we could easily coach for an hour on this. Right. Yeah. Uh, so when you're overwhelmed about the thought that I'm not perfect, what do you do? Um, so sometimes I like, so then I um, get more overwhelmed. No. <laughs> so you think about. Spiral. Yeah. Spiral. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for spiral um what about trying to be more perfect uh yes like trying to fix that, it right right yes okay yes fix it mm -hmm. always trying to fix it yeah fix i it. do that like to ad nauseum <laughs> and then the results what are you creating for yourself with spiraling about it trying beating yourself up about not being perfect what what are you creating so I create anxiety, exhaustion, like self-doubt, you know, mm -hmm. all the good stuff. <laughs> You're creating you being not more not perfect, too. More not perfect, yeah. Right? 
So the, the question, I, you know, I'm, I'll t we'll talk for like a couple of minutes and then we'll get Amy and Jess's quick opinion on it for the, the hour. But, you know, the question is like, you've become aware of a piece of reality, right? Like literally nobody is perfect. Right. Yep. Right. And like literally it's a it, zero sum game. Is that where nobody wins? But uh, it's like, there's absolutely no way to win at this. Right. Yeah. And then and then we really want to fight. And be like, but I get to be the one. Like I was the one who was told in second grade that I was smarter than all the kids. Like so, I think I can really keep trying to win at right. this. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and like and what happened? You know, when we were a kid, and we weren't perfect, and how poorly that turned out for us, and how much better life was when we were perfect. Right. Like this comes, I think, from a very deep, honest, raw place for a lot of people. Like we, we it was almost protective. Yeah, well, I just felt like I never got recognized unless I was really good or yep. cool. Perfect. Yeah, like you get you get attention or people you, people can like help support you to keep living, right? Like you get mm -hmm. you get what you need. So that is, is understanding it's here for a very like almost survival, in one way like kind of beautiful thing of like it's yeah. what I needed, right? Right. And then realizing like as an adult now, is this still what I need? Or is there a different way of loving myself? Because I, I am not dependent upon anybody else anymore. Right. right. And, yeah. and, and the, just, you know, even just living with the awareness for a while before you say, I, I should do something about that, like love myself for not being perfect or whatever your, the next step is of like, just having the awareness of like, oh, there's me trying to be perfect again. Isn't that right. curious? There it is again. Yeah. And just kind of living in that awareness for a while, instead of like, shit, the floor just fell out. <laughs> I gotta like hang on to the walls now because there's nothing left when when this reality sinks in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, mm -hmm. oh, sorry. It's oh, kind of like go. what you were talking about earlier. Part of it, I think, comes down to that perfectionism. Like, I've, you know, I've come on this coaching a lot and a lot of them come back to the same same themes of like, just recognizing it, realizing you're enough, you know, internal validation, you know, and it, it's I'm really how pervasive it is in my life that it's going to take some time and, and work. <laughs> totally. And it's like an ingredient of being human. Right. It's like, it's everybody, like you said, like, you know, Amy and Jess and I, all the time, it's, it comes down to the same stuff all the time is good enough, good enough, good enough. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that coaching will never go away because all it's an all human condition. Right. Especially pervasive, like who becomes surgeons, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. See, we've self-selected <laughs> for, for the situation. So let's get Amy and Jess on just to get their, their two cents on, on this model. Okay. Hey, it's Amy. Um, so, you know, it's interesting because I think it all kind of comes down to similar to the, the break model. It's like, you know, um, the very first thing to do is just explore, like, what do we feel like a break is? And, you know, how do we feel about people who take breaks? Just like, how do we feel about not being perfect? And what do we think about other people who aren't perfect? You know, are we kind of judging all of this aspect of it, too? And, and how would we want to think about not being perfect? Um, you know, I think those are really the, the, the deep inner work to go into is just, you know, because a lot of us haven't even thought about it. We haven't thought about what it takes to take a break or what it, like, what it takes to not be perfect. Um, and I think exploring those and going from there is probably the best strategy, I think. I think that, yeah, I think, oh, sorry, uh, no, you, you go, Noonday. I, I was just going to say, sometimes, um, like, perfect is almost unattainable. So what is that even, <laughs> you know? <laughs> totally yeah like how just that's a great per question perfect's, perfect's made up yeah it's all made up so like I totally agree that question is an amazing question to ask like what does perfect even mean right. because all of us are going to define it differently most of the time we make it mean something like nobody like everybody likes us and you know that sort of, it's like all external, like if we're meeting these external marks and at least in my own life, that's kind of what it's been. And I didn't even realize I had the capacity to have internal marks of, right. you know, getting it done for myself. And now that I've built this like framework for the internal capacity, now it's just a matter of learning how to go there instead of going to the external. 
And again, like I mentioned earlier, we all know how to learn skills. We've done it. We're like professional skill learners. So there's absolutely no reason why we cannot learn how to just build our own internal capacity for enoughness or to like tolerate our humanness or however you want to look at it. It's just a matter of practicing over and over and over forever. It's like, it doesn't end. Right. And that's the other thing to realize is like, oh, there's no finish line. Mm -hmm. I'm like not the perfect at not being perfect yet. Yeah. <laughs> but like, think about it though. Like each day we change each, like we're different today than we were yesterday. So there's this constant evolution. So the truest version of who you are is going to be different on a day-to-day -day basis. So there's, that's, so it's okay that there's no end and it's, it's okay that it's a process. Right. And I just want to say too, like, I don't think it's the norm in society. So having this group and having you guys do that, where you have peers who are questioning this and behaving that way, gives you someone to um, help you feel like it's more real or possible. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. That, that should be marketing for us. Join us because yeah. it's not normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for being here. This is a fantastic hour. I'll get it up on audio and video for all of us later. Thanks guys. Thank you.